When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And we bring you a cautiously optimistic Stop Hammer Time this week as we have stopped the rot or at least kept the rot at the same level or perhaps hardened the rotten areas with some kind of epoxy rot-hardening substance with a clattering 4-0 defeat of Nottingham Forest. Here to talk about it, myself and uh, my special guest, um, it is broadcaster, journalist and writer Sam Delaney. Hello, Hello mate. Phil. What a pleasure to be here. A writer, very apropos, uh, because you have a new book out. You have a new book out. Let's plug that first and foremost. It's called um, Sort Your Head head Out, out, Mental Health Without the Bollocks. And it's, yeah, it's sort of like a, it's a bit of a memoir. It's about mental health. It's about how and why I gave up drink um, eight years ago. And, uh, but it's basically written, I think, for the average bloke in the street yeah and yeah. it's devoid of it's i've tried to make it funny not earnest and it's uh i mean it's very honest and it's about my yeah. whole life and there's bits and bobs about supporting west ham and, and a lot about how football played a role in my sort of mental health and particularly in my drinking you know growing up as a as a football fan and and um but i've tried to make it funny too and fun and um yeah, just try to keep it clear of all the psychobabble that I think puts a lot of blokes off reading these kind of books. Yeah. Know? I've listened to quite a lot of episodes of your podcast, The Reset, which is a sort mm. of mental health podcast, isn't it? Mm. And uh, quite often uh, the supporting of football and the, you know, fraternity of people that, uh, that, that coalesce around football has come up in that podcast. It was mentioned in the one with uh, my friend, Max Dickens, who uh, I don't oh, think yeah. was a football fan, but you talked about it because yeah. he, he... He wrote a book about friendship, male friendship. Billy No Mates or something, yeah. I think it was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, it's a kind of interesting, uh, it is an interesting topic. Curiously, uh, the kind of, a lot of the kind of extended circle of people I go to watch West Ham with or meet, you know, before and after the game didn't go. 
on Saturday to the Forest game. It just felt like, oh, I don't want to see him play. Not wow. in Forest. I don't want to go to that it's, game. It's funny you should say that because my son, Lenny, who's 11 and who I have a, you know, who sits next to me, we've got season next to each other. And, you know, really, go, I mean, just, I'm not going to go on about the book, but really like the way in which my life's changed is I still see all my old mates at West Ham, but I used to just be like a lot of people just like in the pub from like midday onwards until yeah. three o'clock kickoff and then in the pub afterwards till closing. And now I go with my son and it's a whole different experience. And I watch games sober and I love it. And he's very passionate about West Ham as well. And that's yeah. really enjoyable in a different way. But on Saturday, we got as far as the tube station. My wife was dropping us off at the tube station uh-huh. to get again. And he, 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 for the first time ever, he suddenly got the ump and said, I'm not coming. And he couldn't yeah, really explain why. He said, "I just, I'm, I'm tired. I'm grumpy. I don't feel like it." And um, so it's a similar thing. It probably similar to your mates. He kind of thought, "I'm done with this lot. I'm miserable. I just don't feel yeah. like going to watch us lose another game." Which, let's be honest, I think most of us could have envisaged. I mean, yeah. I envisaged just losing it one nil. Um. Anyway, cut a little story short. After the game, I called him up on the train on the way home. And uh, I hope he won't mind me. To this gloat. No, he was crying. Oh, no. Which I thought it was good. It showed the passion. He, he was crying because he was yeah. so gutted to have missed a 4 nil win. And he'd been waiting ever since we signed Danny Ings to see Ings start a game. He'd been desperate yeah. for Ings to start a game. And for him to have started and then scored twice and for him to have missed all of these things, he was absolutely gutted. And I said, well, don't worry. Looks like we turned turn the corner. There'll be other days like this. And he went, yeah. I just don't think there will be, Dad. <laughs> and I thought, well, at least he's a realist. Did you uh, did you go to the Liverpool 3-0, the uh, you know, with Lanzini and Pai? At Am- uh, Anfield. Yeah. yeah. I went to that on my own. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because I could have gone to that and didn't go. I just yeah. thought, oh, fuck. I think we, I think you and I might have spoke. Sort of just it leading up to that game, and uh, funny enough, you know, that was I, the first I, ever, ever away game I did sober. That was back in 2015 in the August. Yeah, Billich. It was just at the very beginning of Billich's era. Yeah, and I'd never done a. I think I'd only been to a couple of games because it was it was only the third fourth game of the season. I've been a couple at at the at Upton Park, and then I was uh, I was at the Edinburgh Festival, just you know right. up there what, yeah, yeah. watching a few shows. Yeah, I used to um, miss the first couple of games of every season because I was doing yeah. a show up at Edinburgh. So, because I'm an idiot and from the south, I genuinely thought I managed to get two tickets, and I genuinely thought, oh well, I'll be in Edinburgh anyway, so I can just yeah. nick down to Liverpool on the yeah. way home. Right? Doesn't work like that. I, you know what it's like. You just think the whole north is interconnected. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was like obviously it's about like three or four hours with a couple of changes from Edinburgh yeah, to yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, or at no, least it was fiddly. that day. But it was quite fun. I went on my own. I thought, I wonder what this will be like, because away days in particular for me were just all about the drinking. And yeah. uh, and I went and had, and had a really good time. I actually did meet a guy up there, and um, you know, because I had a spare ticket as it transpired. Maybe it was you who was supposed to have it. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, been, we had yeah. a, well, I just had a good day out. I had a really good day out, and it's very memorable. And, of course, it was the first time we we broke our Anfield hoodoo that day, yeah. didn't we? Because yeah, it was yeah. the old stat was that trot, was trotted out was we hadn't beaten them since Love Me Do 50, was at number one. Yeah, fifty right? years or something, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, still deeply regret. I think I, you know, because Jim, who has an away season ticket and, and can get two tickets, he didn't go either. Just kind of like went, uh, yeah, because um, you just think, well, that's the last game, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, for years, even more than you'd have more hope at Old Trafford. Occasionally, we've done things at yeah. Old Tra- Trafford, like Decanio in the cup, and but we'll yeah. get on to talking about that because we're playing them tonight. So it's yeah. not unheard of for us to nick wins at, at Manchester United, even, yeah, but yeah. Anfield, it was like, forget it. That's no, never happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And of course, we, um, that season, I think it might have been, you know, within a couple of games of that, we'd beaten Arsenal as well with Zarati and Lanzini scored goals, didn't they? Yeah. Maybe Lanzini didn't, someone else. Absolutely um, great season, really, wasn't it? That one? Yeah, yeah, it that was. Last season, it was. Wasn't part. But, but in the run up to the Forest game at the weekend, it's a sort of funny, we'd had that Spurs game and. You know, there was a lot of kind of a lot of views, a lot of kind of fury after that Spurs game. I, you know, I what was infuriating, and this is the first season I felt this. You know, it's funny, isn't it? Football's a kind of quite a simple game, but I still see things that I've never seen before, and also feel things I've never felt before. What this season, watching us play well is actually dispiriting. Because we know we're not going to score. So yes. the whole first half against you mean, Spurs, yeah. um, you know, the, the end of the ground we were in, they kicked towards us in the second half. So in the first half, the ball was in Spurs' half for mm. most of the first half. We were playing really well, but just looked like we weren't going to stick the ball in the net. And I'm going, I don't think I've ever been in this situation where I'm watching us play really well and that's making me depressed because I know we're not going <laughs> to stick the fucking yeah. ball in the goal. And it's like the better we play, the more I go, oh yeah, taunt us with your good football because they're just not going to stick the ball in there. So, you know, we did it four times at the weekend. So it was, it was, um, it was the great. The floodgates finally opened. And, and when you look at it now, it's, it was like, it was a psychological thing because Moyes, I don't feel, as much as he says, oh, we tried to change our approach this season, I don't think Moyes has ever really fundamentally changed his approach to a game. I think from day mm-hmm. one, his approach to every game is don't let them score and yeah. let and the goals will look after themselves. So as yes. has been quite well documented now, he doesn't even work on the coaching ground with um, on, on attacking play because his belief no. is you have to stop the opposition and a goal, ultimately, goals come. They own goals get scored. Scrappy goals get scored. Most goals come from set pieces. So there's really yeah. no point in wasting time. You have to put everything into working out how to stop the opposition. And yeah. I think he was like that right from the start. And actually, in his first, in the last couple of seasons, there were periods where we were scoring for fun. Yeah. And it, and so he, you know, understandably, he began to think, well. I'm right. No one can argue with me because my teams yeah, yeah. are actually quite free scoring, despite the fact that I put no emphasis on scoring goals at all. Yeah. So so I'm a cautious manager and that works. But he's run out of luck because we stopped scoring and there seemed to be in the end a psychological issue with scoring. Whereas there was a period, obviously during the Lingard sort of era in particular, but also at times last season where you th- you genuinely thought we would outscore the opposition. We could always score because Antonio yeah, was scoring, yeah. Bowen was scoring, yeah. Ben Rama, Suchek was scoring for fun, like huge number of goals. So we we got there's goals all the time. It's in, our centre backs yeah. were all scoring from co- corners. Every time we got a corner, you thought there was going to be a goal. 
Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And and um, now it's just stopped. But it, I hope that it was just psychological, and that um, you know, and that now that we've kind of broken that hoodoo, that the yeah. team will go out there with more confidence. Certainly, Phil, it is amazing that we have three strikers at the club, having spent years with one slash none. Yeah. And all three of them offer something a bit different. And all three of them are very capable of scoring goals. And that's even before you factor in Bowen, who is kind of like last season was our main source of goals. Not not quite a striker, but is the fourth member of that lineup. The frustrating thing is Moyes will never, ever, ever, ever play more than one striker. But if you look at this as a relegation battle, which I think it definitely is, and you size up who we're up against, you've got to back us to to prevail simply on the basis that we've got proven Premier League goal scorers and a, yeah, and a I, number of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the you know, the encouraging thing for, for, I guess, a West Ham fan as opposed to the fans of other teams as well is that we, um, since the turn of the year, certain players now look as if they're kind of back to their best. And Mm. it's, you know, it's not quite the proverbial, they're like a new signing. But, you know, the way Suchek has played in the last couple of games, the way Sufal has played in the last kind of four or five games, and uh, Bowen since the turn of the year, Mm. those are the guys that we had like two years ago. You know, Mm. they're playing at the level they were a couple of years ago. And that is... Gives me a huge. I mean, after the Spurs game again, that was what part of what I felt about that was like. It was, it was very depressing to see us play very, very well over there and just not put the ball in the net, and that's the reason we lost that game. Um, it was encouraging to see those guys back to something like their best. Suchek was really good against Spurs. I mean, you know, we lost the game two 0 but he was very good in it. Yeah, I thought. Big, I, I thought Saturday. Change. I thought. He, thought he was great on Saturday, and I thought Paqueta was really good. Yeah, very. he had a great game, Paqueta. Paqueta, if we can just get through this season, he's, yeah. not, he's not provided the... I think Moy said he was looking for kind of 10 goals, 10 assists from him, and he's nowhere near yeah. that. And um, But if we can just get him through this season and, and keep him happy and he doesn't go in the summer, which I think there's a chance he might, because he might say, Definitely. Ah, this isn't working yeah. out. But if we do, if he does stay on, I think that... You know, he could be one of those players who, you know, this was just him finding his feet. He's done all right. He's done enough. And he's shown mm. enough glimpses that he could become very dominant next year. Well, I thought, I thought what, whilst, you know, watching him at the weekend, I thought that this possibly, you know, Suchek uh, and uh, Paqueta and maybe Flynn Downs, that could be the formula for when Rice goes. Mm. Yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, it, it ticks Paqueta a lot of was all over the bit because he's, because he's got a lot of flair, but he's sort of got a really good engine as well. You yeah. know, the, what yeah. he did for that second goal wasn't just the kind of Gaza-type flick of the ball in the air over the, the head of the centre-back. It's the fact that he just barged the centre-back out of the way and won yeah. a physical competition. Yeah. And, you know, um, Rice, who also had a terrific game against Forrest, uh, you know, has that great reading of the game and sort of nicking the ball off a, uh, 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 an attacking player's foot in a kind of dangerous position for us. Paqueta does a bit of that as well. And I mean, I think that's what he does for Brazil. He's much more sort of box to box and a bit more meat and potatoes yeah. than that, I think Moyes I think- envisaged. 
Yeah, he's a, he's a Brazilian, so Moyes has thought, well, he's a number 10. He's a number yeah, 10. Yeah. He'll float about and do flicks and tricks. And, and yeah, that's not quite the sort of player he is. I think probably in, in Brazil, by Brazilian standards, he's considered their Jordan Henderson. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. he's yeah, he's a box to box, hardworking midfielder. But obviously, being Brazilian, he also has great technique and moments of magic in his locker, as they all tend yeah. to do. Um, yeah. So I think, but I think that's a good thing. You know, we've got players like Ben Rama, um, who can who can play that kind of number ten role. Um, yeah. Probably more more suitable. We we do have those kind of players, but I think yeah, Pekatar is much he's much more than that and he will be a great asset in particular when rice leaves who knows maybe these players down suchek and paqueta will step out of the shadow here i heard something from um i heard something from a pretty decent source close to let's say the declan rice camp that declan rice whilst he sort of accepted that he would probably leave in the summer he has said to to the sort of slight amazement of of his like sort of t- t- close team, he said, "Well, yeah, I mean, I probably will leave unless we get relegated." And they've gone, right. "What are you talking about?" And he said, "Well, look, listen, I'm the club captain. I can't. This is my club. This is my club. I love West Ham. I can't. We can't get relegated, and then I do the off. It's like the worst thing I could possibly do. If we get relegated, I have to get us back up. Then I can go." Right. Right. So, it, it, I mean, a lot of people have, have, you know, on my podcast, on New Irons, I've put it around this past Rashane who obviously has sort of got more more insight and connections than me to this sort of thing. And, and he he um he shat on this um yeah. little rumour that I'd picked up that I was very proud of. Because I, I, I will not reveal my source, but it was extremely no. close to Declan Rice. And they was like, oh, yeah, he's, he, won't, he won't dream of leaving if you go down. I don't well, know how I felt about that. I don't know if it made me feel like I wanted us to go down. But no, of course <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um. I thought they sort of filled the gaps in between midfield and strikers as well. You know, part of the problem of not scoring any goals was like times we put Skamaka up front, times we had Antonio up front, uh, they were sort of isolated. There's a big sort of moat between Mm. uh, the midfield and uh, the attacking players, despite the fact that, you know, there were times that you thought, well... Declan is supposed to be kind of, you know, possibly one of Europe's best midfielders. But actually, mm. we're getting we're getting beaten by balls through the midfield, and the midfield isn't actually linking with the strikers very well. There's yeah. two of his jobs that seem to sort of not somehow not really be getting done. Uh, but at the weekend, maybe it was the sort of Suchek revival that seemed to get that seemed to get Ben Rama and Bowen and everyone a little bit closer to Ings. Mm. Though it was really telling that Ings had to <laughs> more or less start and finish that first goal. Yeah, the first goal was great when it? it was Roy the Rovers that picking up it the was. ball, spraying yeah, yeah. it, and then arriving in the box late to to finish off the opportunity. Absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. Just what we've been hoping to see from him, and I think now, even if all three strikers are fit, which fingers crossed, looks like they're going to be. I think he's yeah. secured that that starting position for the time being. Definitely, but, um, yeah. absolutely fantastic to have Skamaka and Antonio as options on the bench for when we need goals. I mean, that's really that's really yeah. exciting, isn't it? I think Antonio. You know, people have been saying Antonio off the bench since probably the Pellegrini days. You know, when yeah. we when we got Yarmolenko and still had Arnautovic, and you know. 
various other sort of midfielders that had goals within them, Felipe Anderson, you were sort of thinking, right, this year Antonio probably won't get a kick, really, but he'll be a fantastic impact sub, you know, mm. playing tired legs, you know, after 75 minutes or something. But actually, you know, he, a bit like Mark Noble, there were various times when we thought we were going to sort of see Mark Noble, you know, when Scott Parker came, Mark Noble's not, he's going to be a sort of squad player, but somehow his consistency and the fact that you could really sort of rely on him to, you know, work his nuts off of the team always got him back in. And it's mm. been the same with Antonio. Um, mm. But I do think that, you know, as a kind of impact sub, he's just a very good sort of deployment anyway. It's no kind of disrespect to him that, because, you know, he's whatever, 31 now or something. It's like, you know, he is he is kind of closing in on uh, possibly the end of his career or a step down to the championship or something. So the mm. idea of him coming off the bench, you know, and you used to get like a Manchester United, Solskjaer used to relish coming off the bench. If you had to play 90 minutes, it would have been, he would yeah. have had to have a cigarette break. No, I remember in the past he used to, you know, when he first arrived at the club, he was a sub quite a lot. And he was always, when he was more of a winger, he was always, yeah, fantastic kind of um, option from the, because the sort of player he is, when you've got tired legs, defenders, he's yeah. an absolute nightmare. So, you know, there's that Skamaka. I was looking at a um, little compilation that someone put together on YouTube of his goals, not in Italy. But since he came to us, and you forget yeah. this season, he got a few in the Conference League and he got some absolute... Yeah. There was a little run where it looked like he was going to start scoring every week before the injury started to get to him again. And, um, yeah, you forget. But, you know, we've still got an absolutely top-class striker there, you know, yeah, who definitely. eventually, yeah. you know, he's younger than the other two. Eventually, I still hope he will go on to be our first-choice striker and really deliver, again, like Paqueta, I think, you know, maybe in his second season... If he opts to stay, obviously there's rumours surrounding him at the moment as a result of him changing his agent sort of abruptly. But yeah. if if we can keep hold of him as well, I, I think those players have not perhaps hit the ground running as much as we would have hoped, but have certainly shown enough for us all to feel confident they're going to get better and better. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a, it was a sort of unfortunate coming together of these these guys arriving just as several of our players that are already there had huge drops in form. Again, the two Czech boys and Bowen, uh, you know, got the season off to a very sort of slow start. And now, if things come into focus where everyone's playing at least 70% at the same time. Um, you know, we could really sort of do things, just got to really get this um, get this half of the season out of the way, sort of, you know, hopefully stay up fairly comfortably yeah. uh, and with a bit of confidence about what we can do next year. Um, yeah, so, you know, there's reasons to be kind of cautiously optimistic, aren't they? I thought that we, you know, there were just, like the Spurs game, there were good performances all over the pitch. But on Saturday, you know, with the inclusion of things, it just, it sort of clicked. Um, it clicked, and and I, you know, just sort of think we can, we can, you know, pick up some points. And in fact, you know, like that little graphic that the uh, BBC does when it does the Premier League table, where it shows the last five games, just to give an indication of form. We were the best form in the bottom half of the table with our last five games because it was two wins, two draws, and one defeat. Mm, so, yeah. you know, we're going in the right direction. Yeah, because it's right a little, direction. you know, the, and it is the, it the, is frustrating. 
it is you know it's frustrating we we've nowhere near hit the form that we we used to see in a year or so ago year or well it's coming up for 18 months ago now since we were really yeah. firing i mean I, I said to my mate as we were leaving i said actually the last time because everyone was buzzing came out of london stage and there was i don't know if you spotted the rainbow phil yeah it was yeah, an absolute yeah. sensational rainbow yeah. full arc i'd never seen a full arc in real life before had you no no, well, you it is don't such sound a huge, that excited uh, by it, mate. I mean, these are the, these are the things that these are really the 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 incredible moments. You won four 0 and there's a full arc rainbow right yeah. over Stratford. Mind blowing, yeah. right? Yeah, and and um, it'll be in a film. It'll be when they make a film. When the uh, club sells a DVD of that, did you ever watch the DVD the club made of the of the away Spurs performance where Ravel scored? Oh no, oh, no I didn't watch that. No. No, oh, they should have made they should have made a DVD of that game with the rainbow in it. They should have done. Yeah, it was like genuinely like the rainbow that you saw in the TV show Rainbow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which paint the whole was world with a rainbow. Exactly right, and that's what I sang to myself as I left yeah. the ground. I was delighted, but the the buzz that there was amongst the fans as we all walked out was the last time I can remember everyone leaving feeling like that. It was almost a year ago because it was Seville at home. That was the last oh, yeah. great. Fantastic. That was the last great match. We've been pretty poor ever since then. The only other good result we had was, of course, Leon away in the next round. But that was away, yeah. so not many people were there, you know, to actually no, see no. it. it was a, I remember having a good night watching it on the box, but that was it. So actually, we've won not many games at all in the last no. year. No. At the London Stadium, and even the ones we have, I mean, I felt we were pretty lucky against Fulham. Everton was just a, an embarrassment. It was like, who's who's going to be shitter? You know, and yeah. we all knew. We won 2-0, but there was nothing much positive to take away from that game. You no, know, so no, even no. the wins, I can't remember the other kind of handful of like sort of dreary wins that we've achieved. So actually, I couldn't remember since Seville at home, leaving that stadium with everyone just feeling great and positive and exhilarated and optimistic about the next games that are coming up. I feel optimistic no. about tonight at Old Trafford. And I even feel fairly optimistic about Brighton away, although that one's harder. I could, I, in some ways, you think, well, we've got a better chance of getting a result at Old Trafford than we have at Brighton, because at least at Old Trafford, they're probably going to rest a few players. They're just off the back yeah. of the League Cup. And, um, and you know, our players might raise their game because, you know, they do sometimes, uh, you know, players yeah. when they go and play against Manchester United. Brighton on the yeah, other I'll be interested to see who he picks, whether he wants to sort of pick a kind of full-strength team. Um, well, Ings is cap-tied, so there'll be... Yes, so that's right, he can't he, play, about, can he? Skamaka yeah. apparently is close to full fitness. So yeah. he does have a choice to make between Antonio and Skamaka up front, I guess. Yeah, I well, I think he'll start Antonio. I think he'll yeah, think most he'll likely, well. yeah. Ready. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be interesting to see, you know, if other kind of fringe players come in. Of course, our sort of, um, our tournament goalkeeper is now our goalkeeper because uh, yeah. Fabianski's got a cracked cheekbone. So now, um, and again, you know, a lot of people have been saying they wanted Ariola to play. Uh, and now they've got their wish mm. because it's enforced. So, you know, I guess he'll play, he'll play tonight. Um, he is a very good shot stopper. I like him. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Interesting that... It was a little bit like sort of karma for Fabianski, sort of chickens coming home to roost in that his uh, reticence to come off his line is one of the faults in his game. And if he had been off his line a little bit more briskly, he might not have got a knee in the face like he did the weekend because <laughs> you know, there were two defenders. What you're saying is he's only got himself to blame. Yes. And yes, you don't, you don't, you don't have any sympathy with him. Not he really. He to get his face smashed in. Yeah. Face smashed in, absolutely. I think that um, we're really lucky to have a player like Ariola as our backup keeper. I don't think there's yeah. many clubs in the whole Premier League who would be able to lose their first choice and bring in someone of such high quality. Someone who yeah. I would say at least 50% of fans would, would want to be our first choice keeper in any case. So, yeah, I think so, yeah. And, and I think that Moyes' attitude was, you know, Fabianski usually does pick up an injury at some point during the season. So he... It's clear that he sort of thought, well, a moment will come where he picks up an injury, Ariola gets in, and after that, it immediately becomes Ariola's position to lose, right? I think Ariola, unless he plays badly and we go on a run of bad results and he makes actual glaring errors, I think that's his now to the end of the season. season. Irrespective of what happens to Fabianski, even if Fabianski comes back within two weeks, he probably won't anyway, but do you see what I mean? I think this yeah. is the opportunity that that he's been waiting for, as sad as it is for Fab. I wonder uh, what he'll do in midfield. I wonder if he'll, he will. I wonder if Fornals or Lanzini might come in this evening because I think he he's going to have an eye on the Brighton game. Yeah. You know, he does like to sort of send everyone out to play every game for, for some reason, except in Europe. When he's quite loyal to his European team, yeah, uh, but yeah. quite often, uh, you know, you get a lot of senior players playing in, um, you know, domestic cups. But uh, I think we'll see downs f- for sure. I think we'll see yeah. downs. I don't know at whose expense. I can't quite envisage him resting Rice, although there must be a temptation to do so because obviously he's our most important player. Yeah, um, and you know, if you uh, and we because we do have options in midfield, but going to Old Trafford in the FA Cup. You you need your yeah. captain leading you out, don't you? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there's a um, there's an injury to there's an injury to Kufau, which yeah. means that it's likely that Johnson will stay at right back and Cresswell will be at left back. But Cresswell, you know, he's dropped right down the pecking order to the extent that Moyes started with a right back at left back 
which yeah. says a lot to where yes. Cresswell yes. is now in the pecking order. And I think that's right. I mean, I've always loved Cresswell. I think he's a brilliant club legend, but he is, yeah, his legs have totally gone. You, you can't, well, there's no coming yeah. back from that goal we gave away against Brentford where, no, where no. the striker gave him, like, I believe it was a 50 yard head start. It was, well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was a 50 yard yeah. head start. Half the entire pitch he had, and yeah, yet he yeah. still was beaten to the ball by. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember the yeah. name of the winger for Bright for Brentford. Yeah, it wasn't Tony, was it? I think it might have no, been it Tony. Tony. It was Silver. I think his name right. is Silver. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he came on at the weekend because because there was Emerson to bring on at the weekend. Uh, I don't think he likes Emerson at left back. He like he, he, he only fancies really. Emerson at left wing back. It's yeah. a very specific position that isn't it? Left yeah. wing back. It's like he only works in a very specific formation. Um, so it's strange to spend £10 million on a player who can only play in one specific scenario. Because yes, he, ca- he weird, can't play it? left wing and he can't play left back. He can play left wing back. <laughs> yeah, so unless right. you're playing that system, there's no way he can be in the team. No, you know, it's Even, even Masuaku would sometimes play left midfield, left wing. Yeah, you know, he would yeah. sometimes, but um, no, <laughs> he was absolutely catastrophic as a left back, though, wasn't he? I think I Who, went to his Masuaku? first game, which, oh, yeah, yeah, which was a white West Brom, and uh, one of the first things he did was handle the ball twice just so that yeah. the referee got yeah. the idea of handball. I think he, I think he worried that the referee had forgotten what the handball rule was, so he did yeah. it once, and then it wasn't as if you know, it wasn't like it bounce from one hand to the other hand he did it a good few seconds after he'd first done it oh yeah Uh, and he called out to the referee as well watch this i'm handling the ball yeah Yeah. exactly exactly have a a look at this look guess what i'm gonna do now that's right i touched it with my hand that's not allowed is it he took his gloves off like uh, adrian did when he took that penalty took his gloves off and uh then announced i'm going to pick the ball up now uh the second time masuaku i always describe him as a psychedelic footballer a footballer who had sort of decided to subvert the very art form that he was involved in like he was going to take football and deconstruct it in front of our eyes every week yeah, yeah. I love him for that. I think he's fantastic. I'll, I'll always love him forever. He's, he's a, a legendary yeah. player. He's a player that I've never seen the light, the light before and doubt I will again. No. You can't tell whether he's happy or sad. Uh, no. He's an enigma. He's an enigma. Um, Wrapped in a conundrum. Capable of, capable, capable of feats of great skill. Yeah, I mean, that was the other thing that made it so amazing, is that he would sort of do really weird things, like just start handballing almost on purpose. But then, like, and then just be useless at defending. And then then all of a sudden, he'd be like Lionel Messi for, like, five minutes. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, yes, yeah, so I hope that injury to Sue Fowl is not bad because he was really starting to look like the guy we first signed uh, yeah. uh, after a kind of bewildering lapse in form, you know. Mm. We were saying last week on the podcast that, that, you know, there was an incredibly worrying, talking of rainbows and things that augur for uh, for the future, there was a lot of kind of um, parallels with the 2003 season uh, where we went down, uh, not the least of which was 
sort of a crucial game where we missed a penalty quite early in the season, which was Rice missing against Forest away and uh, Canute missing against Arsenal, which really did sort of herald the beginning of some very shit months of football, which actually could have been very good. But also, you know, Glenn Roder, you know, to his credit, had no idea that Sinclair and Schemmel were just going to start the season so badly and continue Mm. to play so catastrophically badly compared to how they had played in previous years. And they're similar with, 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 um, you know the, the Czech boys and Bowen this season. And Very strange. It just happened. All three it? of them. I mean, it, it happened when we moved into the. Um, it, you've seen it. The other classic example of this was the team under Pardew that went from getting to the cup final, yeah. and then the yes. next year it was the same set of players turned up. And yeah. you know Ben Ayun, Rio Coca, all of these yeah. players who'd been sensational were all suddenly useless. Yeah, and, yeah, and there's just yeah. no rhyme or reason to it. And players often don't know themselves. I, I remember working at Talk Sport and chatting to Danny Gabadon about that and going, you know, all due respect, but I've never seen a, a group of players transform so quickly and so radically as that team yeah. did from looking like at times unbeatable to being useless. What was it? You know, and this is years later, so I don't mm-hmm. think he had much to hide. He said, you just sometimes, you just don't know. There's something where you've got this momentum and then you take a break for the summer, you come back and there's something in the mood that's hard to sort of fathom. Yeah. And people just don't have that same buzz about them. They don't have that same confidence going into every game. They're overthinking stuff. And, yeah. you know, it, it happened with that team. It happened the season we moved into the London Stadium. You know, yeah. the, the last season Upton Park with Billich had been unreal. And then all those same players the following season really, really struggled, you know. Yeah. And yeah. um and it, it's it's really, really hard. But then you see it happening the other way around as well. Oops. Sorry about that, Phil. Uh, I have a young puppy, as you know. Yes. Um, operating here in my in my podding suite. Um and someone's had the temerity to knock at the door. Just giving you live right. updates here. Mm-hmm. And obviously, puppies take exception to that. Um, I'm just well, they get excited by it. They, they do, excited and angry all at the same time. Um, confused, might be a bone. Hung, hungry. Could be it a might stu- be Amazon bringing a bone. No, to- in their imagination, it's always a tubby, ruddy-faced, jolly butcher who's knocking right. on the door with uh, a really long string of sausages. String of sausages. That, that yeah. are going spare. Yeah. You know, and he said these were meant for delivery to to, to someone up the road, but unfortunately she's passed away. And yeah. so I have to offload them today or they'll yeah. go bad. Do you know anyone yeah. or anything that may be interested in this string of juicy pink sausages? That's yeah. what my puppy is imagining and hoping for every day of her absurd life. Yeah, yeah. Tiny dreams, tiny, tiny dreams. doggy dreams. Yeah. Simple, uh, simple to be a puppy in many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is worrying playing Brighton at the weekend. But again, I mean, I think I I, I sort of feel the, the, the kind of frustration we as fans have had. They must have as well. I think they're sort of aware that they, you know, the relief at the end of that, game rice came up after the forest game to the fans and was literally making a brow mopping gesture with his hand which because i think it yeah. you know i mean they're not idiots they they know 
exactly what the fans are watching, which is a kind of frustrating performance of people just playing football pretty well, but just not sticking it in the net. And to just do it four times, like you said earlier, it feels like it could be, and we're being wildly optimistic now, or at least I am, something that sort of breaks that hoodoo, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Ings can't play tonight, but he can play against Brighton. I'm sort of, you know, if we could come away with a point from Brighton, that would be great, because they really are oh, yeah. just our sort of nemesis. Yeah, at the yeah. Moment, I expect know? nothing. So a point would be, yeah. <laughs> it's weird to say, but against Brighton, a point at this stage feels like party time. Um, yeah. But, you know, the other thing to remember is Moyes is still Moyes. He's not going to react to us winning 4-0 by changing anything. He'll think that's no. vindication for him. And we will go and probably play five at the back against Brighton and revert to exactly the same way we played against Tottenham. And yeah, he yeah. thinks, you know, there but for the grace of God, if we'd nicked a goal against Tottenham, right, we had that early chance, didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah, we did. Hit right. He he believes that if we can nick one against these teams, we'll then be perfectly capable of holding out for three points. And he might be right about that. And he's not going to suddenly off the back of a 4-0 victory at home to Forest go, right, I think this team's ready to be unleashed. No way. Expect yeah. the same performance as we delivered against Tottenham. Um, and if we lose, we lose. But if we win, he'll, you know... He, he, He'll be saying, I mean, Roshane asked him in the press conference, you know, play, fans are getting frustrated saying you're a cautious manager. Is that fair? And I think he expected him to say, no, I don't mean that's fair. And he said, yeah, it's fair. I am a cautious manager. Yeah. That's why I've survived so long in the game. You know, a lot yeah. of managers get carried away with pleasing the fans or thinking that it's all about, you know, nonstop attractive football. And and that's why they haven't had careers as long as mine. He said, no. you know, I... I am cautious. I'm about stopping goals first and foremost, worrying about that and that alone. And he said, and by the way, in those first two years where we finished sixth and seventh and had the run in, in Europe, he said, my tactics were just the same. I was cautious then too. The difference was, was that those games that are quite tight and close, we we just kept managing to like nick them if it was in the balance. And yeah. in other times, you know, our attacking players were, were really running free. So, but my tactics didn't change and no one was complaining or calling me cautious because if you're winning, no one notices. So yeah. I guess there's some logic in what he's saying. I, f I feel he is, I mean... I feel he is kind of legislating for a kind of evolution of our style, though, because I think the sort of purchases of of Aguerd and Paqueta and um, you know Skamaka, they are they are ballers, you know, because yeah, I think the problem players, yeah, is because I think it is that you know obviously it was a very odd season when when you know the the end of the relegation dogfight and then the you know the really good sixth place finish season a lot of those guys were played behind closed doors so they were slightly odd but our um you know people teams did seem to be caught out by our kind of soak it up and hit them on the break style but you know that style second half of the season we finished seventh in was really not washing very we finished that season quite badly really mm -hmm. um and um I think he, you know, it feels like he saw that and was saying we've got to be a team that um, if a team does sit back, we can kind of unlock the door, you know. Uh, uh, and, and we have signally failed to do that this season We've we uh, until this point. Um, you know, again, I think for the first time this season, it might have been against Brentford, 
where we had a huge amount of possession and you could see an attack building and you could almost see the players' heads go down because we were building an attack because they didn't know what to do. Mm. They just went up Mm. one flank, got as far as they could, didn't get to the byline to cross it, turned back, passed it to Rice. Rice Mm. switched it over to Soufal. It was very often started on the left and went over to the Rice. Then a cross came over when they had everyone back to defend We're not, we're not, the, the, we're so obsessed with keeping our shape, even in possession, yes. that it's really hard unless the the opposition make a big error. Then yeah. it's really hard for us to kind of break down Premier League teams because we won't. No one will leave their position because they're always no. thinking, "What happens if we le- lose possession?" Therefore, yeah. you know, I mean, Cresswell's not capable of making overlapping runs, even if he wanted to. But whoever's playing at fullback is not gonna suddenly burst forward, you know, overlap whoever's playing on the wing and and break through the defence because th- they don't want to do that. They're, they're brief no. to just hold their shape, hold their shape. So someone gets down the left and then they always look up, cut back and play it to Rice. And then Rice yeah. switches play, just like you say. And, um, you know, it's like that no one breaks the lines and no one leaves their position to surprise the opposition or create a problem for them or overload them because we're always thinking of the next thing that might happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, What was interesting about Saturday, I thought, was that there was a return with um, Suchek finding his form again. There was a a sort of return of that sort of relationship that Rice and uh, Suchek had in those couple of good seasons, Mm. which... You couldn't really define. It was quite a unique position, the closest of which was the relationship of Declan Rice to uh, Calvin Phillips in the England setup, where you couldn't yeah. tell which one was the defensive one and which one was yeah. the attacking one. They sort of found their roles sort of organically again, like they did a couple of years ago. And that mm. return to that, and I think that's what sort of... Um, you know, helps to slightly adapt to adapt that quite rigid shape to be a bit more progressive, a bit more attacking, is that uh, we've gone back to a kind of Thomas Suchek who just runs around the pitch with like yeah. no real sort of remit. He just yeah. turns up everywhere at every time, you know, like that film. Um, and, you know, Paqueta is finding his way to fit in with these two guys as well. And he looks like he has a fairly free role, you know. Yeah. Um, and good players will make a role for themselves, won't they? I th- I don't think Decanio got any instructions when he arrived from uh, Sheffield to play for us. I think no, that, but I mean, that, that was the Redknapp approach generally. Yeah. Those were different yeah, yeah. times where managers didn't have to be these kind of weird spreadsheet, kind of whiteboard, you know, tactical yeah, yeah. masters. Harry Redknapp was very much buy good players and tell them yeah. to go and play. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes I miss that. Um, but, yeah, I think that I, I think that there will be another occasion before the end of the season where this team spanks someone again. Yeah. Much like if you remember when we in 2020, when it was lockdown and we went into lockdown, had a long break in the football um, mm. and we were really in trouble and yeah. we looked doomed, actually. And when we came back from lockdown, we were like, forget it. This team's going down. And he um, 
and and suddenly Antonio just started scoring. That was the first time yeah. that that he converted Antonio from a winger to a centre forward, and yeah. he started scoring. And we did towards the end of that season after looking like we were doomed after the the lockdown break. We actually thumped a couple of sides. There was that. Yeah. Antonio scored four against Norwich, didn't he? And I, yeah. I think this might happen again. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I still think we're in a relegation battle. I still yeah. think we're going to have other really bad days where, we, where we're back to like bemoaning Moyes' negativity. But I also think, you know, when you're talking about Paqueta, Rice and Suchek and that kind of midfield combination of three extremely hardworking but quite talented and, and dangerous players as well. When they all click, those three planes give them a feel we could just overrun a team and destroy them. So yeah, yeah. I feel that we, we've still got that to look forward to this year. Yeah, yeah. And I thought Ings, uh, you know, what was good about him was that he sort of showed the other the other players what to do. This is what I need. You know, both of those were like very late arrivals in the yeah. box and yeah. sort of bundled in off his knee. Do, or... do you know what it reminded me of, mate? Tony Cotty. Yeah. Like n- yeah, not, yeah. not not necessarily the stuff he did outside the box, but those no. kind of scrappy sliding into the six-yard box and scrap, yeah, yeah. trundling it over the line. All due respect to Tony Cotty, probably my all-time favourite West Ham striker, but yeah. we hadn't seen someone who scores those. That's what we signed Ings to do, to just poke yeah. goals. And, uh, he, and, he's, and he did it. It was just thrilling to see. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, um it's probably about time to wrap this up. Uh, shall we do predictions for both of the forthcoming games this week? Man U tonight and Brighton at the weekend. It's okay. very I'll difficult to know about tonight because it's, we Manchester just don't know United, how they're I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're going to beat Manchester tonight. Manchester United tonight. 2-1. 2-1. I'm going to say one all. And we might lose on penalties. Oh, does it go straight to pens these days? No replays. Do they, at this level, do they replay them? Oh, it might. Re- maybe it'll know. replay. I think you get one That's a good replay. Point. Okay, one all. I'm going to say in in uh, normal time. Okay. What about Brighton? One all. I think. I'm going to say two one to us. Wow. Are you Two going? Are you going for a nice no, day? No, I could have done. I, I could have. I, I had a ticket, but I can't go. No, Are you going to go? Good. No, we went to that game together once, I think, didn't we? we it's did, always yeah, a yeah. really great away day, that. But uh, no, I can't make it. Can't get a Is ticket. Is that the one where we absolutely chucked it down? And because the stadium's on the top of that sort of hill. No, uh, it no. Was, right. I don't think, I don't think it was rainy when things. we went. But. No, um, no. Uh, yeah, and what about Ayanapa away? Have you got a ticket for Ayanapa away? I've been to that place, Larnaca, before. In fact, I think I might have somewhere I could stay if I went to it, but I, I wasn't planning on going. I think I it's, it's 1,400 tickets are being offered to West Ham. So with my yeah. 10 priority points, it's very unlikely I'll be going to Ayanapa away. But I yeah. just sincerely hope that everyone who does go has a wonderful few days. Yeah, absolutely. What a lovely thought. Uh, yeah. Well, that's it for this week's Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans, and with me has been Sam Delaney. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, everyone. Come on, you irons. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.